41. I don't have the vocabulary I need to write this story. It's because the topic is uncomfortable. I don't have words for these things because they're things we don't talk about, but I'm going to try. It started earlier this month when I saw my friend Kemi for the first time since December 2019. We spent the entire afternoon sitting at a small round table on the terrace of a cafe near Le Bois de Vincennes. We talked and laughed and cried. We told each other about the projects we're working on. We updated each other on our families. We compared notes on turning 40. And eventually the conversation rolled around to books, series, and movies. Her eyes were stormy as she told me about a documentary called Because of My Body by the Italian filmmaker Francesco Canova. I could see she was grappling with something, that she was unsettled. She talked and talked and finally looked at me and said, watch it. So I did. I want to tell you about it, but here's where I start getting stuck. The documentary was made in Bologna and follows 21-year-old Claudia and 42-year-old Marco. I don't speak Italian, so couldn't grasp the original language being used to describe the people and situations on the screen, and I was watching it with French subtitles. The problem now is that I'm trying to write this in English, and I keep coming up short. Claudia has spina bifida. Marco is her assistant. I don't know what words they use in Italian, but in French they use the terms assistant de vie intime, assistant sexuel, sexualité accompagnée. I don't know how to translate any of these terms. Assistant de vie intime is literally a private life assistant or an assistant of the intimate life. The next term, assistant sexuel, is similar to the French term assistant social, which is a social worker. But an assistant sexuel is definitely not a sex worker. Sexualité accompagnée means accompanied sexuality. Is that a term that exists in English? If it does, what does it make you think of? Who might require such a service? In this story, the person is Claudia. She has bright blue hair. Funky gothic clothes, a huge smile framed by dark lipstick. She's brimming with life and frustration and the hungriness of being 21. The person offering the service is Marco. Handsome, clean-cut, dark hair and blue eyes that are warm and sad in turns. If you're wondering if Marco has sex with Claudia, the answer is definitely no. He's a specialist, a therapist an assistant to help her on her journey to self-discovery. It seems like Claudia might be his first client, if that's the word, and we see Marco himself being guided and coached on his approach to Claudia. He is kind and compassionate, but also a bit hard to read. At one point, a voice off-camera asks him the question maybe we're all asking. Why is he doing this? He replies that he's been working with and accompanying disabled people for years, and that while there are structures in place to make sure that they're housed, fed, have social interaction and physical exercise, sex is totally taboo. He points out that sex is on the first, most fundamental level of Maslow's pyramid of needs. 
but that for people living with handicaps, this is almost never addressed. This was a very brief moment in the 83-minute film, but it really struck me. I looked up Maslow's Pyramid, which I recalled vaguely from some college psychology classes. There are definitely worthwhile criticisms of the theory, but I still find the pyramid to be a fascinating concept. The premise is that on the first level of the pyramid are our most fundamental physiological needs. Then, as we move up the pyramid, we move toward self-actualization. The levels are physiological, air, food, water, safety, security of body, of health, of property, of employment, love, belonging, friendship, family, intimacy, esteem, confidence, achievement, self-esteem, respect, and finally, self-actualization, creativity, morality, spontaneity. I agree with the insight that we don't necessarily need to have every single need in a category met before we can move to the next level, and that we can't apply a strict hierarchy to need. On the other hand, I can absolutely get behind the notion that if we don't have our basic needs met, it's hard to have good self-esteem, or be creative, or feel connected to others. If I'd been asked, what's on the first level of Maslow's Pyramid of Needs, I would have pretty confidently replied, air, water, food, shelter. It turns out that shelter actually isn't on the first level. But you know what is? Sex. Apparently, human beings, according to Maslow, are better able to live without a roof over their heads than to live without sex. In the film, we are invited to observe a series of sessions between Claudia and Marco. Francesco Canova balances perfectly on the razor's edge between making a documentary that is raw and honest and preserving Claudia's privacy. Each session has a different focus, looking at diagrams of male and female sex organs, Claudia looking at herself in a mirror, conversations about desire and intimacy, a presentation of vibrators, sex toys, a session of body painting. As the documentary progresses, we see Claudia get more and more attached and we see Marco try to hold the line and maintain a certain distance. The fact that they never kiss or touch, let alone have sex, does nothing to prohibit Claudia's affection for Marco. Instead, it's as if they bypass the first level of basic sex on the pyramid of need and zoom straight to the third level, sexual intimacy. As the sessions go by, we see changes in the rest of Claudia's life. She practices dressing and putting her leg braces on by herself. She starts driving her specially adapted car to the sessions on her own rather than depending on her mother's help. She keeps her funky style but wears less makeup, as if she's more ready to show her real face to the world. As the series of sessions draws to an end, Marco explains that they have to completely cut contact. The idea is that he is just a springboard, not a permanent fixture in her life. He's training wheels. We see Claudia struggle bravely to accept this. We see that intellectually she understands, but she's heartbroken. The final minutes of the film are gut-wrenching. It's almost unbearable to watch her sob and hug him goodbye. In their last session, he wants to propose some exercises linked with sexuality, but she says, Can we just talk instead? The exercises I can do on my own, but after you go... I won't have anyone to talk to anymore. I won't have anyone I can be myself with. 
The film ended and I sat there staring at my blank screen, tears on my cheeks. It is brave and urgent work, bringing the fundamental human experience of sexuality to those who are so often excluded. But how on earth could someone in Claudia's position not get attached? It felt a bit like offering a starving person a taste of something incredibly delicious and nourishing, then taking it away. Yet, while I can barely find words to describe what they're navigating, they are bravely forging ahead. It's an imperfect system, but they're trying. What else can we do? In the words of Ram Dass, we're all just walking each other home. <laughs>